It all started with a very simple idea. Tell the stories of how successful middle market CEOs made it to the corner office. I'm Brand Handley, founder and managing director of Resource Options International, or ROI. We're the USA's premier executive search firm focused exclusively on empowering middle market companies to attract, hire, and retain A players while transforming top executives' careers and lives. ROI's Into the Corner office is dedicated to discovering how middle market CEOs advance their career, and we're making these remarkable and sometimes quite unbelievable stories available to you for the very first time. Listen and learn about the challenges they've overcome, the interesting people they've met along the way, and the lessons learned that steered these executives' unique journey into a middle market corner office of their own. I know you enjoy these CEO stories as much as I've enjoyed recording them. So thank you for listening today. And if you like what you've heard, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm looking forward to you joining me on the next great middle market CEO adventure into the corner office. Today, my guest is Susan Borso, CEO and president of Massage Heights. Susan is proud to lead a talented group of people to drive continuous growth in their overall culture. She knows that culture is everything and it's the cornerstone of her leadership beliefs. Massage Heights is about creating a culture of caring where the focus is on providing a personalized, elevated and awesome experience to every member and guest. Health and wellness are part of our daily lives and she's proud to work with her amazing franchisees and partners to grow the Massage Heights brand. Susan knows a bit about franchising. It's been her career for over 30 years in various industries. Her journey has been ever so rewarding by helping franchisees, team members, partners, and consumers achieve their goals. Prior to Massage Heights, Susan was the president of Tidal Boxing Club and oversaw over 180 clubs domestically and internationally. She's been an executive leader and franchising subject matter expert, steering vision casting for some of the best loved and most recognized brands including Massage Envy, McDonald's, Sport Clips, Cold Stone Creamery, and Godfather's Pizza. Susan Borso, welcome into the corner office. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Appreciate it. Great to have you on the show. And we always kind of start uh, in the beginning and uh, talk a little bit about the early stages of your life. So tell us a bit about where you grew up and what your early family life was like. Brothers and sisters, mom and dad, what they do and what part of the country are you from? Happy to. Well, I grew up in Prairie Village, Kansas, Overland Park, Prairie Village area. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a very, very large family brand. I am the second oldest of 14 kids. 14. So there's oh my gosh, wow. eight boys. And I know, I know. So this could take all day. Uh, eight, eight boys, six girls. Wow. Uh, my parents, um, both both my same parents, um, and there's really like from the oldest to the youngest, just 14, 18 years difference. Wow, so we're all like back to back there. So yeah. um, really big family. Yes. And what did dad do? My dad worked three jobs. He was a mail carrier. He worked at a grocery store. He coached. Um, coach teams, a very hard worker his entire life. I think he finally retired at 75, 76, um, but uh, learned a lot of my values really from my mom and dad, just that hard work ethic and ability to help support each other and the family. That Midwestern stock we hear so much about. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) And mom was pretty focused on the 
on the family, I guess. Did, did she have a career later on or had she been, you know, pretty much focused on the, on the family dynamics? That, that was her career. You know, my mom, who, who's still alive today, my dad wow. no longer is, but my mom, they were married 63 years and it was, it was really running the ship. Um, she never learned to drive, still doesn't obviously to the day, but uh, she was the, um, I guess the organizational leader of the family. She was highly organized, um, just had to keep, you know, doctor's records, uh, you know, everyone going to school right, sure. and homework and all that. So really uh, a lot of great leadership and values that I inherited from my mom as well as my dad. What were some of those key things that you remember most about how, how mom ran the household and how dad kind of managed it all? You know, what I remember most is just they worked well together as a team yeah. and um, they supported each other. And I think in raising, whether it's one child or, or 14, you have to be aligned. You have to be committed. There was a tremendous amount of sacrifice that they both had to give up in their lives to, to make it work. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I remember most. Uh, yeah. A lot of joy, a lot of happiness, but hard work and a tremendous amount of sacrifice to really run a well-oiled machine in, in our family. So imagine. that's what I remember most. Yeah. Were you a good student in school, Susan? I was. I was, you know, teachers really liked me. And I, I wasn't probably your straight-A student um, throughout school, but I, I made good grades. I worked hard. But, uh, you know, I, I loved school, um, adaptable, loved learning. And I think I, I really had great relationships with my teachers. So uh, that was all a fabulous experience from grade school all the way up to college and even graduate school. What were some of the other outside activities you were involved with? You know, any sports or music or, you know, student activities? You know, growing up with eight brothers, I would say sports was, was pretty big in my family as well as with me. So I always played sports um, in, in high school, um, you know, basketball and tennis. But really, I love like the aerobic side of working out at health mm. clubs. And really, to this day, I work out and do Pilates and Orange Theory and, and all that. So just taking care of myself was always a priority. I was on the high school yearbook and mm. uh, newspaper way back. Uh, but yeah, I love that journalism side of it and the advertising, the marketing side, I think early on. Were there outside jobs that you had or entrepreneurial things that you pursued in junior high, high school? Well, when you're the oldest girl of 14, <laughs> the you're a babysitter. Uh, yeah. it's, it's babysitting. <laughs> That's right. really where I spent a lot of my time just helping my mom uh, with the kids and just making sure they were getting where they were going as well. So um, I did help my brothers who started a lawn company and, you know, I'd be out there mowing and helping them if they needed the help. And, you know, today my brother has um, a pretty well-known lawn service and landscaping oh. in Kansas City and it's probably started way back then when we all work together to help support the family with that. So yeah, I, I always rolled up my sleeves and, and, you know, helped them, but love being outside, exercising, pushing the mower, getting suntan. So right. <laughs> there are other benefits there, but uh, yeah, I that's, that's really um, a lot of what I did. Yeah. What was the currency between you and your brother? Did you actually get paid or was it more of, you know, fa family household chores, helping out that type of thing, <laughs> barter trade? 
we supported the family. So it was like four or five of my brothers. And yeah, I mean, it, it was really to help support the family. I never asked for the money. I, it, it was really the values of just how do we yeah. continue to help support the the family helped my dad and mom. That's really what we did, and and they always took care of us. So that was it. Never thought of, never thought anything else about it. Yeah, I learned a lot about partnership, right, and, and partnering with each other. I would say collaboration. Yeah, uh, is the word that I probably learned the most back then is how yeah. to work together as a team. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something you've taken forward uh, in your career as well. Yeah, I think a lot of the lessons that that I learned at a young age growing up with my family and, you know, the responsibilities I had really carried me through, to be honest, today, a lot of the leadership qualities and best practices that that I have today with the companies that I've worked with. And I, I think there's some parallels there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, you don't think about it when you're growing up. And I've kind of reached a point in the last several years where I've done a lot of reflection and, yeah, many of the values, many of the leadership qualities and things that I learned at a young age were formed and have carried me through my career personally um, and professionally um, Mm -hmm. later on. So yeah, absolutely. You went off to the University of Kansas. Uh, Were you the one of the first in your family to do so? Did your older brothers uh, also go on or mom or dad? No, actually, my older brother was the first, and we all, all 14 of us, went to the University of Kansas. So we were all Jayhawks, and uh, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of us there, (laughs) a lot of fun, but no, we're we're a big Kansas family, big Jayhawks supporting Kansas family. And you studied advertising. What led you to that uh, field of study? You know, I always wanted to be a teacher, and Mm. when I got into you know, right before college, I, I don't know the the world of advertising and the aspect of whether it's journalism, creative, and again back then you really don't. I, as I look back, I really don't even know if I recall all those details of advertising and what I really wanted to do. But it appealed to me the creative side, the marketing side. So when I got into KU, I declared that as my major, journalism and advertising, and obviously got my degree and then went on and got a master's in marketing after that at Webster University. And then obviously my career started after that. And it's interesting as I look back, it's like what I do today, there is a lot of teaching. So I think Mm. throughout my life, I I have been a teacher (laughs) just with work and marketing, journalism, leadership. So I never lost that part of, of the dream that I really wanted in my life is to be a teacher. Awesome. What was that first job that you took coming out of uh, school? Right out of, I'll say, when I received my master's, and I was a young age, um, 24, you know, I was a uh, hostess at a bar. I got my real estate license and I was doing telemarketing. And then literally in nine months, I landed my first real opportunity, and that was with McDonald's, mm. McDonald's Corporation in Overland Park, Kansas, and my whole life changed. I was like, yeah, yeah. working three jobs, day and night, loved what I was doing, but I was just waiting for that right opportunity and uh, landed uh, my first real real job and was with McDonald's uh, a little over 17 years. Yeah. What, what attracted you to McDonald's? McDonald's is biggest than the best of processes and... Um, everything and way back then and, and they still are i mean i think they're the leader in 
in processes. They're the leader in the industry. And there was a marketing opportunity, an opening, and an exciting one where I could oversee local store marketing in the Kansas City area with 28 of the restaurants. And, you know, I interviewed several times and I was just so thrilled <laughs> to be able to get the position. And it, and it honestly it changed my life forever. I really believe that. So, um, you know, McDonald's taught me a lot, a lot of skill sets, a lot of, of leadership qualities that I think I possess today. And I, I do owe it to not just in family upbringing, but really to those 17 years of being with McDonald's. Was McDonald's the first place that you started managing people? I think I started managing people when I was the <laughs> oldest girl of 14 kids. Yeah, doing, but, doing the babysitting, uh, I, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, when I was seven or eight years old, I was managing, you know, five younger. So that right. aside, yeah, I think managing uh, 12 younger brothers and, and sisters uh, it, it was definitely a skill set. But yeah, I started really overseeing and I oversaw 28 local store marketing individuals in the Kansas City area and was, gosh, it was fabulous just developing the relationships, the strategies, the programs and learning, just listening and learning to about the McDonald's, what their jobs were and, and how do we continue to grow revenue. And yeah, that's where it all started. Thinking back to that time, do you think there are, you know, parallels that you drew from, you know, managing your younger brothers and sisters to what you applied on the job at McDonald's once you started managing people in a corporate setting? Yeah, I I do believe that, although my siblings will tell you I'm probably still bossy, but I, I don't <laughs> believe I was bossy as a leader. Uh, with yeah. them, I was, but I, I think there's, yeah, I, I think honestly, Brant, it's accountability, it's responsibility, realizing that you know, growing up, people depended on me. My parents depended on me. My siblings depended on me to make good decisions, to have accountability, to have a good culture and relationship with them. And I think the same held true when I started with McDonald's. I, I mean, or any job, any position I've had, uh, same thing, uh, you know, decision-making, accountability, collaboration, integrity, making sure you have a good culture and people count on you. People look up to you. They look to you as a role model. So absolutely uh, parallels in both um, from growing up and where I'm at today. Yeah. Did you have any mentors during those early years that helped you along? You, you ended up staying in the food business for, for quite a few years after McDonald's as well. Yeah. I, I think I've been really blessed and I've always been surrounded by great people who want to help. Um, mm. You know, even growing up, I had teachers that gosh, I still connect with today, um, that I just think helped, inspired me. Uh, my parents absolutely were, were part of that. And um, yeah, one of my mentors and coaches today, uh, Kevin Dunn, who was my boss back in McDonald's world um, when I was in St. Louis for, you know, uh, the eight years, is still a coach and a friend of mine today. And I, he continued to, uh, you know, to inspire me and to help me, uh, coach me and, you know, continue to challenge me in ways. So yeah, I still, still a coach today. So yeah, so many people, again, in the franchise world that I'm in, colleagues continue to inspire me. And I learn from everybody. I learn from people who work with me, my colleagues, the people in the franchise industry, um, some of our vendors, our partners. So I'm a learner at heart. And I believe that um, everybody's helped me in some way, 
which, you know, leads me to, gosh, I, I love helping people today and yeah, giving back yeah. in that way too. The I was going to ask about yeah. that. Are you mentoring others in their career now at this stage of your career? Yeah, I think mentorship is so important. And I realized one of my key values, core values, is really giving back today. So, you know, the last several years I've been involved with the International Franchise Association, the IFA, and mentor um, individuals. Some are entrepreneurs, some are founders of organizations. I mentor colleagues within the industry. Uh, I, I mentor my nieces and nephews who are in college now. So it, it it's personal mentorship and, and also the professional side. So, you know, obviously take great pride in that and always helping individuals out there. You've made a couple of pivots in your career from the food side to kind of the fitness area before you've got into the massage business. And we'll, we'll talk about that, you know, in a minute, but, but tell us about that first pivot, making it from, you know, kind of the food franchise business into the, uh, into the sports business. How, how did that come about? You know, it's so interesting because, you know, after 17 years with McDonald's, then I went on to uh, vice president of marketing with Godfather's Pizza and then Cold Stone Creamery. So I had a lot of burgers, pizza, and ice cream in those first 20 years. <laughs> right. And, I, I, you know, you, you, yeah, I know. I mean, I, but I loved it. I mean, you know, you, you got to love the brands you're with. And, um, and I did, and I still do. And so after 20 years, I thought, gosh, you know, can – can I do anything outside of food? You know, I'm a marketing person at heart, loved it. And so I had an opportunity um, to become the vice president of marketing for Sport Clips, haircut for men and boys down in uh, the Round Rock, Georgetown, Texas area. And, you know, at first I'm like, gosh, you know, I've never been outside food. Can I take this risk? I mean, at that point, I, I didn't know. I mean, can I make that leap? And of course you can make the leap. Anyone can make the leap. So I did and realized that, you know, marketing is marketing, and it challenged me in a new industry. So I learned a lot about the hairstylists and, you know, a great brand and um, worked with that brand. So it really validated, you know, your confidence. It's like, yeah, I can do something outside the industry that I've been in. So that was really the first leap. Then I went back to Arizona with the entertainment segment, Pumping Up and Bounce You, and yeah. oversaw two competing brands in a way, those bounce houses. And so it was, gosh, you know, I was like, oh, this is a new industry and loved it, you know, loved working with, with the team and, you know, growing the revenue and building the brand. And it was a fun, fun brand. And then, you know, right in my backyard was the headquarters of Massage Envy. And mm. I was recruited and had an opportunity to be the chief marketing officer. And, you know, I was like really loving where I was at. And it's like, but, you know, taking a risk, do I take this risk? And so, yeah, I, I took the risk and loved it. Was with Massage Envy for five years and with the great team that was there, the executive team built it to be a billion dollar brand and just absolutely loved it. But part of it is I resonate with the brands that I've been with. So whether it's food, I love the food, I'm, you know, I love the entertainment, sport clips, all the brands I've been with. And I've always have loved health and wellness personally. Right. And so, right. you know, believe in taking care of yourself and believe in massage therapy. I was getting massages before I started with massage and being facial. So when you believe in the brands and have passion for it, it just makes it that much more fun. So yeah. obviously it was with massage envy for those five years. And, um, you know, again, uh, after that, it, it, my, my journey took me to another 
another platform. <laughs> so uh, that, that's how that went. Yeah. Was uh, franchising a common denominator among all those uh, companies and transitioning out of food into, you know, hairstyling and then into the balance house and, and massage envy? You know, franchising, that's all I've been in for 35 plus years. So mm. McDonald's, every brand I've been in in my entire career is and has been in franchising. And, you know, I realized how much I really loved it. It's like a, a family itself, the franchise industry. And, you know, I've learned so much from, from my colleagues and mentors in the franchise space. And what I love most is just really helping franchisees fulfill their dreams. I mean, mm. they invest in in a brand, uh, whether it's McDonald's or Massage Envy or Massage Heights. And, you know, they look to the franchisor to help lead and have and cast the vision and, you know, help them drive their revenue to be profitable. So I, I always love doing that. So the relationships that I've built in the last 35 years have been invaluable. So it has been in franchising um, every step of the way. What do you think makes franchising such an interesting industry and, and what have you liked most about it? You know, what I like most about it is just helping franchisees um, fulfill their dreams and their goals. And, you know, they get into a business for many reasons. They get in because they have passion for it. They get in to make a living, make money and, you know, help their communities and help their people. So being part of that is also very rewarding. So um, I, I really love that part of it. Um, and I think, you know, franchising itself is, it's such a an amazing industry and becoming your own owner of your business appeals to so many people out there, whether they decide to leave corporate America or have had a dream of becoming an owner uh, are just opportunities. You know, many of our franchisees that we get are people who were members. So when you think about it, if you if you're a member of Massage Heights and you love it and you go back and you believe in it, some of our franchisees were members at heart and started there. So um, everyone has a different journey that they take, but I, I believe franchising is very special. And again, the industry continues to grow. So, so you know, probably one of the attraction things is, is you're working with a lot of small and medium-sized businesses, and, and that's their life, right? So they're very motivated, and they want to be successful, and I imagine very hungry for what you could share with them on how to make their business successful. You know, absolutely. Um, you know, people who join a franchise expect that, you know, the, the guides are there, the, the training tools, the yeah. marketing basics are there. Um, they just have to execute. And so the staff that you have on the franchisor side, uh, you have the skill set and the leadership skill set to really help and direct the franchisees so that there is consistency out there and, and really, you know, executing them and coaching them. So, and you got to have leadership, leadership who can cast the vision and the mission and really a strategic plan to keep everybody focused. So, and, and that's why when you get into and join a franchise, you know, you don't want to recreate everything. The expectation is many of those tools and resources exist already. Right, right. Cool. Well, listen, before we talk about Massage Heights, and I want to hear all about that, I have to ask about Tidal Boxing Club. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what attracted you to that company, and, and were you a boxer before you joined? The transition that I made from Massage Envy 
being in marketing, and then the next step of becoming president was like just a life lesson, a life learning. So after Massage Envy, I was at an IFA, International Franchise Association, a conference. And on a Sunday, there was a panel of CEOs. And one of the speakers was a gentleman named John Rachi, who I'd heard of. He'd been in the franchise space for a long time. He was a ex-Domino's executive and Krispy Kreme and also Entrepreneur of the Year uh, with the IFA. And he was the president of Title Boxing Club. And, mm. you know, I was thinking long and hard after 30 years. Um, I was living in Scottsdale and I thought, you know, at some point I, I do want to get back to Kansas City with my family, my parents who were aging. And, and I loved what he was saying. And I've always been, as you know, a little love the sports, love the competition. And I actually did Title Boxing Club because they were headquartered in Overland Park where my family's at. So I sent John a LinkedIn and said, hey, you know, you don't know me. You know, I've got a marketing career of 30 some years and I'm thinking about moving back to Overland Park and great job on the panel. And if you're ever looking for a marketing person with Title Boxing Club, you know, give me a call. Right. Well, I honestly didn't, I, I didn't think I'd ever hear from him. You know, it's one of those LinkedIn messages, but um, yeah, very quickly, John got back to me and timing is everything. And, you know, he was living in Ann Arbor and, you know, our dialogues progressed and we met and, you know, he had a, a vision, uh, for other things in his career path. And he really wanted somebody to run the title boxing club organization. And then it was like 140, 140 units. And in 2015, and he said, again, I wasn't looking for a marketing person. I'm really looking for somebody with leadership qualities and somebody that could really run the organization. So I'm, you know, would consider you and would you like to be president of title boxing club? And wow. I know. And it's like, you know, right there, you know, you just, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like another level of my life that just went to new heights. And I was so thrilled and, and it taught me so much. It, it's like, I never thought, I mean, I never thought I'd even be a president because I had such a great career in marketing. And it really, my lesson there is like, don't have blinders on yourself. I mean, somebody right. saw something in me. So I accepted the position at uh, Title Boxing Club. And, you know, we grew it to a little over about 185, you know, uh, clubs in the six years I was there. And then it was sold in January of 2021. And gosh, I loved it. Um, I wasn't a boxer, but I got to be really good at boxing. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> but it, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's 70% members um, are female. And I just, wow. I love creating the team. It's all about culture and, you know, the, the positioning, the marketing, the ops. And, and I learned a lot about the other departments in this leadership role too. And, you know, we went international, which was obviously a new experience for me. So, yeah, I mean, it was so much fun. And again, it was all about having just a great culture and a team. What led you back to the massage business with Massage Heights? You know, I always had my eye on Massage Heights, even mm. when I was at Envy, because they're a key competitor. And the experience at Massage Heights was, it was just a, an elevated experience. And, you know, there's just different enhancements in in the, um, you know, in the retreats, which we call them, that make it special for the members. And so when we sold in January of 2021, Title Boxing Club, I was doing some consulting with a few other brands. And actually re-engaged with Shane Evans, who I had known, who's a co-founder of Massage Heights. And 
you know, in that Q1 of 2021, you know, she was looking to truly do some other things, step aside. And after 17 years as being just about every position in it, she was really looking for somebody she trusted and some new leadership. And we had met prior and timing just wasn't right for me. And the timing was right in 2021. So I absolutely love, love, love the brand, love the opportunity to be the CEO and president and develop uh, an amazing team, a strategic platform and really grow the brand. And so, yeah, in May of 2021, I, I did officially take the position. Awesome. And then here I am, here I am today. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a franchise operation as well. And tell us how big is the operation today? How many different units and what's your growth strategy? We have about 120 retreats. We have 10 in Canada, the rest in the U.S. And it's all about making sure you find the right franchisee to run the location and yeah. somebody yeah. that has the passion, the skill set, the, the salesmanship, the the people side of it too, somebody wanting to be part of the community. So it's it's first strategy is always finding the right the right franchisee. It's the toughest decision I think any CEO in franchising has is making sure you whoever you bring into your brand is reflects the values and you know adopts your processes and and uh, strategies that you have. Yeah. So that's that's primarily it. There's a lot of opportunity within the U.S., um, you know, and we have a, a fabulous vice president of development, Kim Robinson. She's on board and um, she's, you know, working leads and she's got her the strategies organically, working with brokers as well, because we want to continue to provide therapeutic services to all those people that need it and want it out there. And, you know, obviously having somebody at the helm as the franchisee to run the operation is, is obviously what we, what we uh, look for as well and what our strategy is. How is the operation differentiated from Massage Envy? You, you speak of retreats. When I think of Massage Envy, I think of more of a retail, you know, location. Do you actually have a different product offering, different service offering? You know, we, we do facials, we do massages, we have um, elevations. So like in a massage, you can enhance it with cupping and uh, CBD oil and, and other things. Uh, same with facials. So uh, we also have a retail line. So we partner with Dermalogica with our facials. And then during the holidays, there's always so many seasonal gifts with candles and travel packs and stocking stuffers and everything that we sell during Mother's Day, Valentine's Day. So there is a a retail side for the revenue um, during our gift card so time and, and really throughout throughout the year. So facials and massages are our core. And, you know, I can't speak to what Envy does today, but back then uh, it was pretty parallel in the yeah. services that were offered. Yeah. Got it. How has your leadership style, you know, evolved as you've moved from, you know, those senior marketing level positions through CMO to now kind of being in that corner office as CEO and president in your last couple of roles? You know, I think my leadership has evolved with a lot more listening. And mm. I think that's important. I think leaders and my philosophy has always been listen, learn, and lead. And, you know, I, I look back then and I probably didn't listen as much as I would have liked, but today it's about listening. It's about the team. It's about 
recognition for the team. It's yeah. about growing and developing the team. It's about being flexible with what's happened today with, you know, the post-COVID and how people's lifestyles and the importance of family and the importance of having that balance is just top priority. So my life style as well mirrors that and, and my leadership does as well. And a lot more listening, a lot more flexibility, um, a lot more collaboration. That is my style anyway. I've yeah. always been a big collaborator, uh, believe in getting buy-in from the team, believe in unification. And um, I think, you know, leadership comes from uh, my whole journey of listening better, learning a lot, and then help leading a team by growing them more so than ever. You know, in your bio, you talk a lot about culture and how important that is. How, how would you describe Massage Heights culture? And, and more importantly, how do you kind of propagate that? How do you make sure that the people that you've inherited and also the people that you bring in really understand what your company culture is all about? You know, I, I really believe that culture is everything. And you know, it's it's a word that 20 years ago, I think we, we said it, but I think today we have to live it and breathe mm. it. And it is everything today. I think the values play a core role in developing a culture. And the people we bring in, we want to make sure that their values mirror our values. I think that's first and foremost. And, and having that um, is important. I believe that culture evolves. I believe that um, the diversity plays a big role in the culture and trust. So we, we look for these qualities in our people and our team, and we listen to the team, which is how our culture evolves. And our franchisees have to develop their own culture within yeah. their retreats. So there's onboarding, there's, there's recognition, there's um, many things that we've done. You know, for example, when, when I started, um, in May of 2021, we did a survey with our franchisees on you know how we can improve, but we also did one with our team at the time. And you know they told me they told me in anonymous surveying, um, hey, you know we need more benefits and we want our hybrid you know days. And we had remote individuals, and we still do today. And you know those that live in San Antonio. So how do we make their lifestyle and work balance? Um, work for them with their situation. Yeah. So we did all that. We pulled the team together and we had an action plan and yeah, we put a new 401k plan in. We have a monthly wellness allowance. We, we actually moved our office to the ninth floor in this beautiful brand new office, a lot more conducive to mm. it's more modern, it's collaborative and everything's new. And so it's a really big morale booster for the team. So I think it's listening to the team and yeah. listening to your franchisees. So part of that is not just going out there and meeting with them, but sometimes it's surveys. And then we did a combination of both just to make sure that we got as much feedback as possible. Yeah. You know, recruiting against companies culture is one of the most important things as executive recruiters that we do. How do you go about assure, you know, assuring that you have alignment of new employees, let alone new franchisees to your culture? Are there special questions that you ask or do you have a process that helps you, you know, kind of really understand if you're bringing in the right people and the right partners? Well, for our team, um, you know, 
I have fabulous leaders on our team and they hire their individuals when I'm looking to hire uh, individuals that report directly to me. I mean, yeah, we, I get input from, from the leaders. I get input from the team, uh, you know, whether they work for or with or whatever the reporting structure is, you know, we get input during the interview process and, you know, we try and just get to know people. Um, Mm. You know, I, I believe that zoom is, you know, it is uh, a positive in some ways, but, you know, I won't hire anybody that unless I meet with them. I want to spend yeah. time with them. I want to have lunch with them. Yeah. I want to uh, take them out to the retreats. I want to um, get to know them. I mean, it's the most important decision you make is not just what franchisee you bring on your team, but what team members you bring on. So you want to make sure there's a, a good fit and that you like each other and, and yeah. you under, and you learn more about them personally. You know, how many kids do they have? Um, you know, what their favorite food is. You know, we <laughs> ask some really bizarre questions. If you're on an island alone, you know, and you can only eat one food, what do you have? And it just, you get to know people in a certain way. And so we, we have a lot of fun that way. And I think it's changed. The interview process has to change. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to get people who join your team that are going to have a lot of fun and have a lot of mutual respect and align with your values as well. Do you have a favorite interview question, Susan, that you found to be fairly effective over time in your various jobs? You know, there's, it just depends on the, the, the group um, and the people, but I always ask what their personal values are because I want to know what's really important to them. Um, There's a lot of fun questions that we always ask, like, you know, what's your favorite dessert and, you know, all those crazy ones, but that's because you just get to know people. But I think right. the most important one is just what are your core values and, and why? Why are these important yeah. to you? Yeah. And that's a great way to get at that alignment. Well, Susan, we're just about out of time, but we do have one last question we ask all our CEO guests. And that's, you know, what kind of career and life advice would you give someone that maybe has their eyes set on their own corner office someday? That's a great question, Brandt. And I would say that anyone who has their eyes on a corner office, um, what I would recommend is just don't deviate on your values. Um, mm. No matter what, if you've been in the business five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and your values can evolve, they can change, but always stay true to your values. Build really good relationships. Um, have a lot of respect out there and, and trust. Trust yeah. others and, and trust yourself uh, more importantly. I love that. Well, Susan Borso, CEO and president of Massage Heights, thank you so much for sharing your journey into the corner office. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Into the Corner Office with Brant Hanley. We hope you enjoyed hearing our guest CEO story as much as we did. If you want to hear more CEOs reveal their journey into the corner office, please subscribe via iTunes and tell your friends and colleagues. For more information about Brandt, Resource Options International, and the mighty middle market, visit www.goforroi.com. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode. 